Thank you for tuning in to the Relentless Pursuit podcast, the foundation of equity, where our Kansans have justice-centered dialogue to promote the equilibrium of humanity in the natural state and beyond. I'm your host, Crystal C. Mercer, native Arkansan, artist, activist, poet. You can always find me in the digital space at crystalcmercer.com and on social media at C-C-M-E-R-C-E-R-T-O-O. Special thanks to our season sponsor and the reason we've all assembled to have these deeper dives, the Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation, WRF, who exists to relentlessly pursue economic, educational, social, ethnic, and racial justice for all our Kansas. Ain't that all right? You can connect with them at wrfoundation.org and on social media at Winthrop Rockefeller Found on IG and WR Found on FB. Uh, this episode, like all others, we're talking with folks from all over the state about their draw to or passion for equity work, which brings me to our guest today, Christian Scott Richards, leadership associate and board liaison with WRF. Hi, Christian. Hi, happy to be here. I am so happy to have you because we got something in common. So I'm going to give the people a little bit of insight about you for a minute, if that's all right, Christian. Before coming to WRF, she worked for the state of Arkansas, focusing on policy and program changes within several state government agencies. Prior to that, she created programming for the annual leadership summits hosted by the Women Political Leaders, WPL in Brussels, Belgium. What's up, Belgium Waffles? As an independent, nonpartisan foundation serving as a global network of female politicians, Christian is a native of the beautiful Mountain View, Arkansas. She earned a Bachelor of Science in History at the University of Central Arkansas and an addition to a JD from the University of Arkansas Little Rock William H. Bowen School of Law. She holds a Master's of Public Service from the University of Arkansas Clinton School of Public Service. So again, welcome. We share that distinction (laughs) with our Clinton School degrees. What up, Billy Clinton? (laughs) So thank you for sitting with me today as you share more about your story and your entry into equity work. And I just want to jump right on in. So with your work at WRF as a leadership associate and board liaison, those seem like a lot of heavy things to hold. How would you describe what you do to folks? So the easiest way for me to describe what I do is that I work specifically with um, Sharice West-Scantleberry and Corey Anderson, who are on our senior leadership team. And I serve them with the different projects that they work on every day, which helps mold the foundation into what it is. And I also work with our board of directors daily and help plan our uh, board meetings and anything that surrounds the board I'm involved in. Yes, there's a very active board at WRF. Yes. Is that so? So Mm -hmm. I'm sure between leadership and the board involvement, your hands are busy at all times. Very much so, yes. (laughs) So you said that uh, in a pre-interview, growing up in a very rural part of Arkansas, you've seen the inequitable tides that people in rural Arkansas face, and you hope to be a part of the change that brings necessary resources to those areas that have been overlooked for generations. And I'm just curious, from Mountain Home to Little Rock and the work that's pretty much Arkansas-centric with the foundation, Can you talk more about how growing up in a rural area shaped your perspective on equity work? So I grew up in, I always tell people that I grew up in Mountain View, but I actually grew up outside of Mountain View in a town called Nuneda, Arkansas, which 
doesn't have a population sign, anything like that. It's very, very tiny. Um, there's nothing there, honestly. And growing up there has shaped me into who I am because I saw the difficulties that people without any money and including my parents um, have had to face and living paycheck to paycheck or without paycheck sometimes um, and not having the resources in that area to help those folks to just live day to day. And that includes like access to water. Um, mm. There's a community in that area and that's Stone County, Arkansas, 56 Arkansas. That's the name of the town. They, didn't have access to drinking water for a while and had to have new um, pipes brought in from the city, the largest city, Mountain View. And I just, people in rural Arkansas are constantly overlooked because of things like education or no one visiting those areas because they don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything worth visiting there. Um, But rural Arkansas has a lot to offer. So So how does one begin to look at what's been historically overlooked? So Mountain View is a very white community. So in that part of the state, it has been overlooked in a sense of, you know, industry does not come to that part of the state. So jobs do not come to that part of the state. But unlike other communities in the state of Arkansas that um, people of color in rural areas, um, they're obviously facing other issues as to why people aren't visiting that part of the state or aren't bringing industry to that part of the state. And I think in those areas, the best thing to do is to visit them. We recently went to Helena, West Helena as a foundation, as a team, and to see what the town has to offer and what the people there have to offer. Um, that's the best way to see what a town can do for the rest of the state or to see what these places that don't even have population signs can do for the state. And we as a foundation, the best way for us to see how we can impact the state is going out and visiting with folks and seeing how we can make change and how we can organize with other foundations or other organizations around the state to go into these communities that are constantly overlooked for money and other resources to make change. So outside of the poverty that you witness growing up in your hometown, if someone were to visit today, what are some of the beautiful things they would experience if they came through? So Mountain View is very, very pretty. It um, is the quote unquote, the folk music capital of the world. And there are people literally sitting out on the square who are playing banjos and fiddles. I grew up taking fiddle lessons. You weren't from Mountain View if you didn't grow up playing some sort of instrument. And we have um, the caverns in the area in Blanchard Springs that people can go visit, many, many nature trails. Like I said, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, Getting like a truck, like a large truck up to that area is not easy. It's right smack dab in the middle of the Ozarks. And um, couple hours away from the nearest interstate, but (laughs) that makes it even prettier. So yeah, it's just a really beautiful place to visit. Yes. I love the imagery. I can see the the fiddles and the banjos and of course, mountain view, the mountain views of the Ozark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So y'all don't be afraid to take that two hour trick outside (laughs) of the road. Just go through and see it. Uh, You also said, Christian, just about your work with WRF. So talking about this trip to Helena, West Helena, and then bringing it back. Of course, the office is here in central Arkansas, but you do work all over the state and saying that, hey, 
the best way to see what's going on in the community is to be there, see what they have to offer, connect with the community and the people. You also said that the foundation seeks out opportunities to invest in Arkansas, wherever anyone earns a livable wage for them to get quality education and to build generational wealth. So you've identified that as something being very important for our state. And I absolutely agree. So how does this equity and social justice work inform your creative and or professional practice from the JD to the politics and public service? So I originally came from state government and state Arkansas state government has a lot to offer. We're seeing a lot of changes right now, but there are so many wonderful people in those areas of work who have tried for years to make changes And that's what I want to do. And coming from state government, there are a lot of restrictions Mm -hmm. on what you can do. So I wanted to come to an organization that would allow me to work in these areas and actually offer up funds to people in communities like Mountain View who can make the change, who can be on the ground doing the work to bring resources to rural communities in the state. What have you given to Mountain View since you've been doing this work here at WRF? I would like to give a whole lot more, but it's honestly things like this, just saying their name. They are a tourist-based, like, that's how they grow their economy is by people visiting and just seeing what it has to offer. And hopefully by going to places like Mountain View, you'll visit other places in the state, um, like Helena, West Helena, or Mountain Home, which is right up the road, Batesville, in Independence County, anywhere like that, so... It's very enchanting. The way you talk about it is so much love, and that's how I feel about Arkansas in general. So it's beautiful to hear you speak with so much pride about your hometown because a lot of times, especially when people experience what you talked about, folks having to go through paycheck to paycheck or no paycheck, it's like, I'm out, bye, I'm never coming back. It's like, no, you should come back, experience the caves, sit on the square, listen to the music. Uh, They survive on tourism, so give them a visit giving them power by saying their name and so many people that the foundation empowers through their work just by giving voice, saying their name and giving them a platform to have access to those resources. So big up to Mountain View. (laughs) Y'all go see it again. um, I want to ask you another question about the work that you've put in. So I'm really curious about the work that you did building this programming uh, in Belgium around women in politics and how that also has affected your worldview from the lens of equity. So in college, I took a women in American history course, and that was kind of the first time that another woman was standing up and saying, look at all these great women and what they brought to the table and what they were able to accomplish. So going to Belgium and working with women political leaders, I was able to do the exact same thing. Everyone on the team was a woman except for one man. And we were able to bring together women from around the world to talk about best practices so that women can engage in politics, even in nations where that hasn't been an option before. And being able to bring a summit together in Japan where women can learn from each other and um, experience, learn from other women's experiences um, 
some women have coming from countries where they've been able to do this for years. And even in the U.S. where certain areas of the country that hasn't even been an option still. Mm -hmm. And so getting to hear those different experiences and how they've been able to overcome so many obstacles was wonderful. And my specific role was to create um, kind of a planning guide for future summits uh, that they could use to as a marketing tool to get other countries interested in signing up for their summits and uh, to show to uh, the countries that they would have the summit in what the possibilities could be for the summit and for the country and the outcomes that the summit could have for women around the globe. So did you get into this work before or after you got your JD? This was um, through the IPSP program at Clinton School. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, for those of you who don't know, your International Public Service Project, <laughs> yes. IPSP, uh, is required as a part of our curriculum in our graduate studies. I spent a year in Ghana, so that's where awesome. I did my work at a Gallery New Bouquet Foundation. Hey, y'all. Uh, they were in a renovation when I was there, so we worked and partnered with another space, but did a lot of cool programming based around how art solves problems and builds communities. So. Wow. Yes, it is a whirlwind when you get to travel the world Mm -hmm. and do all of this work. So then you were doing the concurrent degree program, JD and Mm -hmm. MPS. Okay, cool. My late father is an attorney and my youngest brother is an attorney. So I have an affinity for those (laughs) who study the law. Uh, So thank you for sharing that part of your work and even thinking about how it's going to be received in places uh, where women are doing this work just to empower them. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that's parallel also with what you do at WRF, that you're empowering people and giving them voice and having this role, you know, as the leadership associate and then board liaison. It's like all the people who are making decisions and making a way for folks to have access to these resources gives you uh, an inside mountain view of what's going (laughs) on. (laughs) So, Christian, uh, I I believe I'm I'm trying to see if I have any more questions because you've answered them all so beautifully. Uh, Oh, I am curious, though. Just another I'm I'm over here on my Clinton School riff, y'all, because (laughs) it's very rare that I meet another Clinton School graduate like sitting directly across from me. Uh, What other work did you get into when you were at the Clinton School? Or things that interest you, because my lens was art as public service, but other things that interest you while you were in your degree program that informs your work with WRF now. So the practicum project that I worked on at the Clinton School was with Ronald McDonald House. And I have a personal connection to that. My nephew, um, who has heart conditions, he um, his mom actually had to stay there. And that was, you know, growing up without a lot of money, but also getting to see these people we're having to use the resources of Ronald McDonald House, and they're you know from all over the state, and how you know a house that they can live in for free for months on end that their children while their children are seeking treatment at the hospital was just amazing, and getting to work on their fundraising strategy with them that was something that I had never really done before, never thought that fundraising or grant making or anything like that would be in my future, but here I am. Um, working for a grant maker. And um, another area that I was very interested in, both in law school and at the Clinton School, was environmental law. Mm. Um, I worked with uh, the Arkansas, they're now the Arkansas Department of Energy and Environment, uh, 
Arkansas, again, it's a beautiful place. We have a lot of resources that we need to protect. And uh, so an environmental area is very interesting to me as well. I say, and that's why we're the natural state. Exactly. And go see those <laughs> caves in Mountain View, y'all, exactly. the caverns. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much, Christian, for the time you gave today. And if anyone's looking to find out more about the work that you do, should we send them to wrfoundation.org? Yes. Boom. Y'all heard it here. So we like to end the show with a quote or a poem, words of encouragement before we just part from our time and space here together. Uh, no doubt as someone else is out there relentlessly pursuing something in their heart. And today's feature comes from the person most precious to me. Uh, it's my late father, who was an attorney like you, uh, Christopher C. Mercer Jr. And this quote comes from him recounting his days in 1957 when he worked with the NAACP and drove half of Little Rock Nine to school during that desegregation crisis year. And he said, once or twice, I let my emotions get the best of me and I did snap back at them. You know, when they were spitting at my car, throwing debris on the car. But then I started to say Invictus in that my head is bloodied but unbowed. So you have to keep going. It's symbolic of what you have to do many times to survive these kind of things. So Christian, what an incredible journey from Mountain View to Belgium back to the natural state. And we're so thankful for the work that you do and sharing a bit of your story with us today. Thank you. And that was a beautiful quote. Thank you. Miss you, Papa Bear. And thank y'all for tuning in to the Relentless Pursuit podcast, the foundation of equity, where Arkansans have justice-centered dialogue to promote the equilibrium of humanity in the natural state and beyond. We had a fabulous time today in studio with Christian Scott Richards, and I'm your host, Crystal C. Mercer. Thank you again to our season sponsor, the Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>